Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today's episode, we'd like to recommend David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and The Art of Battling Giants by Malcolm Gladwell. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David and joining me is How are you doing, man? Good. I just thought I'd just have my own Why not? That's fine. <laughs> what are we going to get into today? Well, I just wanted to kind of post the uh, loop that we had started uh, to close with the last episode. Welcome products. to Using Your Power. Uh, I'm David Andrewip, and joining me is... So, you know, I just wanted to kind of finish up that. Levine? I know we were running a little That's over good. our time. Uh, I just thought I'd emphasize my own name today. Why not? That's fun. We're close an hour and 15 minutes. What are we going to get into today? I just wanted to kind of post the loop that we had started to close with on our last episode. Market so, right. uh, for review products, uh, we can either do. for so fun and to make profit. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of finish up that. I know we were running a little over our time. We try to keep it at an hour, and I think on that episode, we were close to an hour and 15 minutes. So, I just wanted to kind of end up that. So, let's start maybe there and say, you know, the point that I wanted to bring up was market research. So, that was another great way we can do. So, a lot of times, there's a lot of these marketing companies out there that'll pay you to come in and review their product, and they'll actually pay you to drink that do that. Yogurt. So, you know, I've been to a bunch of them where, you know, I tested, I guess, taste-tested beer, and then they would say, well, tell us about our beer, tell us about our marketing, so look at the packaging, tell us if it goes with the taste, and tell us about all that kind of stuff. And then I did another one for yogurt, there's a blank bottle, so it's kind of a Yoplait-type style. And you would drink that yogurt, and tell us about the flavor, tell us what you thought about the texture and everything, and what kind of yogurt would you think this would be closest to. And then I did another one, actually, on candy, which is kind of an interesting one too so you got to sit there and eat candy got paid 50 bucks for an hour and uh, taste candy and you really kind of got to say you know did that flavor actually taste like the apple flavor that they were going for or the cherry flavor they were going for so kind of a neat way too so if you're a market research type company this is a great way to have people give you testimonials understand what your market's looking for and this is a great way to review your products before you put it into the market for the masses I think I did make a focus group type stuff and I mean Thomason kind of works the same way no, you, did you can say either Thomason, become a reviewer I mean, and have people send you their pitches for stuff that you want to uh, you know, review on your site, or you can also go there and get your product reviewed. So it has you know both of those elements built right into it. So I think that's I think I did make that suggestion, but just in case it wasn't clear, yeah, wanted exactly. to make sure I mentioned that again. Let's get into no, our actual Thomason, but I mean, I just want to give the example based on things I've done. You know, focus groups are something that I think a lot of people, you know, even if you're a blogger, a podcaster, is something that you can still do. Across on a, this idea, on a small did you say scale, it was in a book? Uh, yeah, for yourself, that's a book that we uh, or you can hire other people out there to do exactly that. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, by, uh, awesome. So Gladwell, let's get into our actual topic for today. So, what are we going to be talking about today? You had proposed this idea of talking about: Would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? And I know you kind of came across this idea. Did you say it was in a book? Yeah, it was actually in the book that we suggested on the Audible. Here's there you go. David and Goliath. You know, by Malcolm Gladwell. So, you know, I came upon that book. I've been listening to it on. Audible Should myself I get right and into my I said, you know what, let me take a All right. listen so, I mean, to it. And I really like the idea that he was talking about it. I said, you know, well, what I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond. And I do have my reasons for that. But I am going to come to some 
other we've heard about you know, this as we're growing diverging up. Diverging so I thought it was a really interesting talk that we could have. Too. Uh, just so I just thought about like why would I want to be a big right fish? On. In a Should I get right into my? Points? I think yeah, it's easy to get. All right. So I mean, I'm going to argue for the most part throughout this episode that I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond. Okay, and I do have my reasons for that. But I am going to come to some other you know diverging paths on this towards the end of the episode too. So I just thought about like why would I want to be a big fish in a small pond? But I think it's easy to get fairly local recognition or industry recognition. Like if you're an online space or an online business owner, even just getting recognized without the industry, right? Because that would kind of be your local locality. But if you were a local business like a restaurant or something, you know, we all need about that local recognition. But I think that's part of what that means, right? Is if you are a big fish in a small pond, it means like you know you're kind of standing on the top of your industry. I think when you are locality or in your your industry it means you have a steady stream of clients is more profitable the ones that you want so, to work with because there's kind of you know, a never-ending supply of them and sometimes and having too many to clients is bad because then we have to grow and then we have to hire and put new systems in place so growth can actually be a very expensive process but I think when you are well recognized in your industry it means you have a steady stream of clients and then you can choose the ones that you want to work with because there's kind of a never-ending supply of them and you don't have to overwhelm yourself with more than you can handle you can actually even create like a waiting list if that's something that you, know, you want to do. And I know some people do that, right? Okay. Whether yeah, it's some restaurants or maybe some people so who work they're, in they're spas or whatever. I mean, there's a waiting list to get in there. I think or even it offers you the ability to win more, which can be deceptive. can't bring you in. So, I mean, that's just how they run things. So you're like, well, local level or me a few months in advance and like, we don't do that. Win more awards. Our next three months are booked and that's all we're looking at. Win competitions. That's what you got. So they're obviously a big deceptive and it might be too much. I think it offers you the ability to win more which can be deceptive right when you're a big when you're a big fish in a small pond basically the short term local level or again within your niche or industry you could win more awards more sponsorship deals win competitions and things like that i mean it can be deceptive and it might be too much you know back padding on your own part after a while to just keep winning things locally because you know you can but i think leverage in the short term anyway those those things can help you gain more national or greater recognition than than you currently have as well. Be involved in a particular Being sport and a big fish can mean having so more having that expertise and authority in your particular authority, subject matter, industry, or whatever it is that, that you do. Maybe you're an athlete yourself uh, and stand out you know, just because you, you are leverage that authority you know, into sponsorship local deals or you leverage that authority the world into teaching others how to train themselves to be involved in a particular sport and earn money from that. So having that built-in expertise and authority, you become the go-to person. You can also easily differentiate yeah, yourself and stand out just because um, you are, I mean, there are a couple other options you know quote unquote the local record or older yeah. right not the world big record fish, holder but the local right, record holder you are kind of the best person in, in um, your space like so standing out is not hard no, no, I like the idea and this, I agree with you too right I'd rather be the big fish in a small pond versus the small fish in a big pond because I mean there are a couple other options as well you could be a small fish in a small pond or you could be a big fish in a big pond right but obviously we're looking at a slightly different comparison um, but well, I do like that thinking as well, right? And city, <coughs> I like the example of ha- being the record holder in, you know, for example, in, world, in right? your city so versus kind of like in the world, right? Because yeah. as you, you can still be the best in your city and, and people come after trying to beat your record, right? And and that's kind of how people get to progress into, you know, world-class athletes as well, right? They have to become the best in their city before they can be the best in their state or province and then the country and then in the world, right? So it's kind of what the progression usually is. And as you get bigger, typically... Like yeah, bigger and exactly. better 
and faster. What's your first point there? So running tight sport. Was, um, um, people you know, keep going really after you and try to beat your records. To be honest, and that's when the endorsements also come. People want to pay you and be sponsoring you. So you can be the big fish, you know, standing out more than everybody else out there. Yeah, exactly. What's your first point there? My point was, you know, I really liked the title of the book, to be honest, David and Goliath. I mean, it's biblical. He even starts with the biblical story of David and Goliath in the book as well. So he kind of goes through that and really explains, you know, the concept of David and Goliath using the story, right? And a lot of us have probably heard of it, but he looked at it in a slightly different way. And he said, you know, kind of combat. He looked at, again, I don't know the full story, so I forgive me on that, but he looked at the way Goliath was dressed and he looked at his height and he looked at the words he had actually said than everybody else, right? So supposedly actually said everybody in the, in the, uh, the battle, right? And to David, right? And David didn't want to get in a fist-to-fist fist kind of combat with him. He wanted, he knew in order to beat Goliath, he had to do something different. And I think that's exactly what big fish do. They think different than the masses. They do something different than everybody else, right? So if you look at everybody else who had fought Goliath up to the time and lost, David had to do something that was completely different. So he changed his strategy and that's what big fish do. So when they change their strategy and says, find you know, ways to do something I'm gonna keep my that will make them successful. And if the they're not successful, it's something different, right? And like we said uh, previously uh, he's dressed in on different episodes as well, if you so keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting guy, different results, that's insanity. You know, that's what Einstein said. So it made sense, right? So when David in the story looks at it, he says, you know, I'm going to use my slingshot. I'm going to keep my distance from him. He looked at the way that Goliath was actually dressed. He's head to toe. He's dressed in like protective looking, right? gear. Exactly so even if I so got super close to this guy, how am I very expecting to uh, beat him? And he looked at, you know, well, for right? the open beat him. And that's what um, good you know, uh, business people, what good strategies are, is looking for that opening, hey, looking for the right niche market well, and going in there and becoming the number one in your market by looking at where other people are not looking, right? And that's exactly what he did. So that story is not just biblical. It's very good business principles that are being taught there as well, right? There's a lot of beat him. But again, supposedly what David the words you know, he said is one of Goliath said, hey, come closer to me. Well, and then they look at, well, why would he say something like that? Why would he need to close the distance, right? And they start looking at, you know, potentially maybe Goliath was suffering from a giganticism and, you know, his vision was blurry and poor. And there's a lot of different theories there. But again, David knew, no, I didn't want to get close to you because if I get close to you, I know I will not So if I can beat you from afar, that's probably a better way. You're exactly right. A lot of people have analyzed that. David and Goliath story and come up with uh, theories like that or even yeah, explanations as to why David was able to to be you know, Goliath but you know the main thing is he went after the weakness what it is that looked, sought for opportunities and he decided not to wear the full armor himself because he knew that would be heavy and it would just weigh him down and he wasn't a soldier or a trained soldier to begin with so all those kinds of things factored in I like that a lot yeah I think we all should look for opportunities you know it can be hard to see but just identify what it is that that's missing or what the weaknesses or where you can become stronger in, in what you do and emphasize that more. Absolutely. And I think the other part of the story it kind of mentions or, or at least uh, people have um, said in the part of the story is the reason he doesn't want to wear um, gear as well. He's not used to wearing Exactly. It's an extra weight that he's not used to carrying. Uh, the way he uses his slingshot is very different with the gear on and with the gear off. And I mean, it speaks volumes to the way we do business as well, the way we podcast, the way we blog, the way you go out there and run your company no matter what company you run, right? If you're doing things that you're not used to doing and just copying other
other people okay, I wear my armor and aren't successful. And that's probably a reason you're not successful because you're just copying what other people are doing. You're not really figuring out what you're good at and how to implement what's good for you. So I mean, it's a great way to look at how to become a big fish in a small pond, right? And if David had thought as a small fish, he would have been thinking just like everybody else. Okay, I got to wear my armor because Goliath's wearing armor. I got to wear, you know, I got to carry the slingshot. I got to get real close to him and try to hit him from really close. And if he had done what everybody else was doing with the swords, nice. you know, he would have probably right. come I to the give same a little bit um, of a, death that I guess here. everybody else may have. Basically, yes, exactly. You know, and I think we even talked about that in the previous episode on, on differentiation or finding you know, your becoming voice or being unique locally, and standing out I know has in your, your particular industry. It's kind of the well. same and concept. And this doesn't just apply differently. Trailblazed a path for others. I'm sure there's been other I want to give a little bit of an example here. Basically, you know, those who've written people know that I have a book that's like that, but my point being that becoming an author locally and I, I know trail, has inspired others to become saying, yeah, I authors as well and that this doesn't necessarily mean more that I've obviously trailblazed a path for others I'm sure there's been other Calgary authors in fact I know there have been other Calgary authors and you know those who've written books in Camor and stuff like that but my point maybe that I might have that trail maybe was placed for me and I followed that trail but now other people are saying yeah I want to follow that that trail too and I'm hearing more and more of that obviously writing a book takes a lot of effort and that's like something we talked about in our business series or business a certain product we may be launching like we have mm. radio <laughs> stations we have a music stores or instrument stores where people can buy and purchase instruments we have recording studios and there's other services for musicians but I would say it's more applicable in the sense of like establishing myself sort of in the music business niche in Calgary like we have radio stations we have music stores or instrument stores where people can go to buy and purchase instruments we have recording studios you know and you know there's other services for musicians but i would say we're fairly limited in terms of somebody who's consistently been a music business person within the industry in calgary but sort of establishing myself and i think that's that bigger fish been a little bit of a differentiator not that my business is entirely local you know i am looking at the global scheme of things and i think with search engine results and some of the things i've done seo wise and content creation wise people are really coming from all them. over so it's not just people be in Calgary but just sort of sure establishing myself as, as that bigger right, fish no, in a small pond within Calgary definitely has that effect of, of, of being you know the goal to person for, for what I do now I think some people just based on feedback I've gotten still aren't clear on what I do for them so that's something that I'm going to be working on moving forward just to make sure the value proposition is clear that's a great way of looking at it I mean just to kind of go back to the books first I mean that's how I came a good point. I mean, there's a lot of people who wrote books. I know we went to the Michael Chabon, and the yeah. whole event was put on by people who were um, the writer community. Right? So, I mean, it's a great thing that people are doing it out there. But there are a lot of people who are not part of that writing community that are, have their own writers community, and you have your own. I mean, that's how I came upon you, and not because you were writing, but that's something you obviously had within yourself, and you wrote your book. You actually took the time and wrote it, and I said, hey, let me read it. I want to edit it for you. I don't mind giving you my viewpoints. And it allowed site, me to again, saying, look, I'm going to compile you know, everything and also look at the things I was doing. I know I was just kind of getting started with my website, and I knew as well from Discovery Life today that I do like need to uh, have some sort of product. And I know a lot of people are writing books, and sometimes books are overused. I think, but I mean, if you have something of value to say, people will see that. Especially if you have a music site and you're saying, look, I'm going to compile everything and put it easy for you to do. I mean, there's a lot of people we know that already do that in different markets. Something someone like Tim Ferriss, for example. Website, every single we've talked time. about 
talked about him on different episodes. We had Tools of Titans. He's done that quite a bit, right? He compiled all his different interviews and kind of gave nice summaries of everything he's done and made it easy for people to digest his thousands and thousands of hours of content. And that's exactly what books do. They make it really easy for people to get the information so they don't have to go on the website every single day and read through pages and pages of content saying, you can get everything you want here and I'll make it really easy for you, whatever your price point may be. And you make it really simple for people, right? And and that's a great way to do it. Right, just being the curator of that type of content. I think they're looking for something more than Obviously, you know, with somebody like like me, the book is part of the value proposition. I think what people are, you know, kind of looking for is what is that service that you offer? What is something that I can, you know, purchase so that I can grow my music career? And obviously, you know, I offer coaching and I have books and courses, but I think they're looking for something more than maybe just a one-time purchase and something that's more hands-on, which is something I'm working on. No, for sure. And just to kind of give an example, so even myself when I was in sales, you know, I started off as the small fish in a big pond because, you know, anytime you start anything, you're typically starting from a place of no results, right? Unless you've already had results and starting a business from that, and then, I mean, you're starting off a little bit different. But, you know, starting in sales and car sales or home sales, I started off not knowing a lot and I had to really learn a lot from the people who had been able to do things, right? So people, my managers or supervisors or whoever. Um, so I started off small, but I learned to gradually grow myself. So, you know, you know, as, as that analogy goes, you know, as a fish words, is in its pond, it'll continue to grow to the size of the pond it's in, right? And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I did. So, I to, over time, learning through books and studying now, and, and watching pond, my, the people that I worked with and seeing how they were presenting out, they were doing this space where using their words verbatim, I couldn't be them, you know, but using the concepts of what they were saying and making them my own words, I can then take those concepts and sell cars and sell homes and sell insurance. And I was able to, right? I was able to be a big fish. Now, I wasn't in my own pond, I was still in their pond, but I was able to do that, right? So now coming into this space where it's, you know, my own website, it's our own own business, this is our, uh, our, uh, mine and David's podcast, so this is our own space again with a separate business, but this is us being our big fish in our own pond, right? We're not having to go into somebody else's pond. Sure, we play in a bigger space, that's something a little bit different, but that space that we're playing in, we're not really in competition with anybody, we're looking to network and be affiliated with different people. Not right? We're not looking to say, hey, we're going to be number one and you're going to be number two. I don't think there's such a thing. There's people who do things well and there's people who do things better than other people doing well. Within yeah, and I think this is a whole thing of perspective and position because we can position ourselves within a small pond by going more niche into certain subjects. When you are not be an expert on music, but if you are an expert on a certain genre or style of music or culture of music, going now you've established yourself within that smaller pond. Pond. So that's the whole pond. thing the of positioning. And then perspective is just, you are new I, I guess I'm also going to talk about that in, in the next point. But sales when you are starting, yeah, you're a small fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big yourself, pond you any way you look at it. But you don't have necessarily have that perspective, right? If you are going now into a dealership, you probably see that you're a small small fish in a small pond. The small pond is the dealership and you are new to it and you're just getting into the car industry or auto industry or sales or whatever or customer support even. And and as you grow yourself, you can become a bigger fish within uh, that pond. Another day. No, exactly. Yeah. That's how people move forward. Sorry, Malcolm and up I'm into companies as well, right? David and Goliath. They progress from where they are, they get the results, and they become the managers. Not King David. Not King David. Just like the hierarchy of a pyramid, right? So it's no different. So what he said was, too, he was looking at some of the examples that David gave in his book, not David that's sitting over here. Another David. Yeah. Sorry, Malcolm Gladwell gave in the book, David and Goliath, is what I'm going to say. Just so many David.
David's here. Pie. Not King David. Not King David. Uh, not Solomon either. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell. Um, so what he said was too. You know, he was looking at uh, the idea of all these people going to schools, right? So he, he looked at the grades of people uh, going to places like Harvard, for example, and he looked at you know the top 10, 80, and the 20, the 10, 10, 80, and 10, right? The high, the middle, and the low. And then he looked at schools that weren't necessarily rated as the highest. And he was looking at you know the people that were going to these middle average schools were getting the same grade point average as the people who were getting the low averages in places like Harvard, right? But the people who were getting the highest in these not so good schools were getting jobs better than the people who were averaging the lower, right? So even though they had the same score, the people who were at the top of the class non-Harvard schools were actually getting better jobs and getting accolades. So these guys were big fish in a small pond because, you know, these guys made themselves different, right? And and they weren't necessarily the best of the best if they had gone to Harvard, but they were the best of the best going to the school they went to. So it kind of shows you, you don't necessarily have to go to the best schools in the world to be the best and get the kind of jobs you want because even if you have the best scores, you know, and I think someone's always going to be smarter than you, faster than you, you better looking than you, or whatever, right? So it doesn't matter. Already. You just have to do but I think the best when you do have, move and that's from being maybe do, a big right? fish to a small to the schools that are giving them the best opportunity. Deliberately, you know, positioning they know they may not be the best at Harvard, so they go where they know they're going to be the best. It was a huge lesson to learn that. And I think that ties in with my next point and my thought that I actually kind of began expressing already. But I think when you do move from being maybe a big fish in a small country, to or maybe from a country going to deliberately positioning yourself or moving or yourself into and all a bigger of a sudden pond, you begin to see it you up to the oh, possibilities yeah, or realizations that you didn't have before. Suddenly you might be looking at going from looking at a local scale to a provincial or a state scale. Or maybe you're going from a provincial or state scale to a country. Or maybe from a country to now global and worldwide or just a territory. And all of a sudden you begin to see possibilities. Oh yeah, this guy over here or this gal over here is accomplishing this. Which well, I have done. People is that something that I can now do? Life, and just looking at those things so can bring a lot of inspiration. A great into source your life for that. I mean, and cause you to go. Hey, I can grow myself in this way, or I could, I could gain those same experiences. Or so take the ideas from them and just better your own business locally on a local level. We can feel overwhelmed. We're human. World records. People who've achieved major things in life. Huge businesses. Maybe starting small is right. A great source for that. I mean, see the broader picture of studying high achievers and that's the whole concept behind the, the book and his podcast. So there you right go. Now. There's a great source a of, of information. Go into but, you know, so we can feel overwhelmed. Right. We're human. And, and that tendency to compare can sometimes get us into trouble. So maybe starting small is right. But when you want to begin to see the broader picture of the view of the world and what's happening globally or just on a bigger scale than you are looking at right now, I think that's a good time to go into a bigger pond. But I think the idea of starting at the... In a small like pond, said, there's nothing wrong with it because nope. we all got to start somewhere, right? Uh, even if you were in a small pond or a big like pond, you're still going to, like you said, you're still going to start the same size, learning right? On how it's only the pond that's different, right? Um, you may be bigger or smaller, be, and all that really means is just more people in in that pond that you have to compete against. Uh, but again, like you said, I like the fact that once you're getting growing yourself and getting better and knowledgeable at what you're doing. So just like myself right now, right? I just started a website, learning on how to grow it and learning and understanding what it takes to, 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 to interact with people and have people interact with the website and uh, bringing people to the website and having the articles ranking and whatnot. And same thing we're learning here on the podcast, right? Like how can we get the podcast ranked? How do we get people to leave messages? No different uh, 
isn't there. But the idea is, you know, we don't have to be the small pond. We can grow, uh, sorry, the small fish. We can grow as fast as we choose to or as slow as we choose to based on our own confidence level as well, right? So uh, that nice thing is kind of, kind of working at the point I have here is if we have the right team in place, we can then grow as fast as we choose to as well because the team will help us grow to be um, a bigger fish, not just our, it's not only on our own ability. Now we're utilizing a team and that's what a business is, right? So if you're a, you know, a self entrepreneur, you're a solopreneur, but you don't have to be a solopreneur. Once you get to a place where you understand things, you can start bringing a team in I like that team can help grow you to a place where you want to be in a place that you can see yourself and maybe walk away from your business someday in the future because you have built enough residual income to be the big fish now versus small fish. And maybe even other people on your team can also do that depending on how those people on your team are structured, I guess. I like that a lot. I think, you know, it's important to be aware that any team has its dysfunctions and I think that's why it can be scary. Again, what you said about confidence level definitely plays into it. Do you feel confident enough to lead if you end up needing to leave? Do you feel confident that you could put the right checklists and systems in place to guide your team? Do you feel like you know what to do if legal troubles come up or other problems emerge that you haven't been familiar with? I mean, we all face this every single day as entrepreneurs, so we can't let those things hold us back. We kind of have to move forward in spite of them not knowing have all the knowledge that we necessarily need to. But that's why we have a team so that we can bring on those experts in those fields, whether it's legal or accounting or marketing or in different departments, so that they can give us the best information possible to make an informed decision about what we need to move forward with. And I think that's the position that you want to be in ultimately is the position of a high-level decision maker, not waste your time on a ton of little tasks that anybody could do. And I do like the idea, like you said, is having a team of people who are good at what they do, right? So if you have, you know, if you're a big fish based on what you do and you bring in a team of people who are big fishes on based on what they do, now you have the best of the best working with you and, say, hey, you, know and what? you obviously what being the best of the best at what you do. You can, now you guys are all big fish in a big pond, so that's everybody collectively working together to get to the ultimate goal. The nice thing about that is when you have a bunch of people who can work very well together, we want to uh, for one person's common goal, you, you know, tend to find people that say, hey, you know what, what are you good And now I might say to other people, to David, say, hey, you know what, what else are you good at, David? And you've been able to help me. Now, what are you good at? So let me help you grow your business. And then we might bring on two other people on our team, and they're really good at helping us. And we'll say to them, hey, Jack and Jane, hey, what are you guys good at? Because we want to now collectively help you guys. So now you're, you know, there's two people who just started helping each other. Now we're able to help two other people who are very good at what they do, who also help us, and we can help them grow as well. So as the, as the saying goes, now. I guess, our like, um, rising others. ship, uh, rising also, tide raises all ships. About that's, that's kind of what we end up doing with that too, is if you can understand that principle, I think it's, it can be very powerful. Where people are at, well, we so have you using your power, and I've got even the new like, Zero the Absolute podcast. I mean, by the time you've got your podcast going there, man, we could essentially have a podcast network. Nothing stopping us from starting that. You're the one, and we can also include others. And also, if you feel strongly about teams, I think we're often intimidated by a lot of skill, a lot of talent, a lot of experience. But you just never know where people are at so it's worth join, asking and join your even if like they're the absolute best in their field in, in your locality or maybe even on a bigger scale a little more if you go and talk to them and say you know what you, maybe they're looking you're for the one i need right my now, team so you're the one that i've been looking with, for and if you feel strongly about that and convicted about that you might be surprised they might be willing to help you on the side we probably might actually be willing to help you join and join your team because they want to be in a smaller business where they're a little more agile or they have a little more flexibility a little bit of a 
some money or, or maybe they're, they're looking for a career change like right now. So approaching people right now, with, with the these ideas about you know, joining your team right now. So you just never know. Naveen and I asked that. We probably wouldn't be paying an arm and a leg to get them to join at this moment in time. We would kind of be out of the kindness of their good their heart or maybe for a little bit of a reward, a little bit of a money or a little bit of exposure or something like that if we were to bring people on right now. But down the line, could that turn into a paying position? Absolutely. So you just never know. You can ask people and see where they're at in their current careers because they might not be happy and they might be ready for something different. Absolutely. And that's what coming that comes in, right? So if you have a mutual agreement saying, you know, you're bringing in the accounting side and let's say that person wants to start an accounting business and say, we have a little bit of understanding and because they're able to help us, hey, you know what, you were able to help us with our business and help our accounting on our blog. We want to now help you set up your own blog and maybe your own website business so we can help you so we can do the exact same thing. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be a monetary payment. I don't think you should definitely pay people back in services. I know you've done stuff like that before too. In what I have. And we are going to be talking about bad deals that we've been roped into in a future Some of those certainly fall under that category. But sometimes exchanging a service for a service or doing a barter like that can be a really good thing too. I don't think you're talking about service for a service in that context either, are you? In what context? In a big sexual context. No. You want to clarify what kind of service is Yeah, definitely. No, I'm just kidding. So I just want to say too, you know, sometimes a small fish has to think outside the box. I think that's how a small fish can become a big fish, right? And get all the results. When you're a big fish, or what we're trying to say is like a CEO, manager, or supervisor, sometimes you don't think outside of the box, and you get kind of caught in your comfort zone, right? And and it's those small fish who are thinking outside of the box that come up real quick and then can take over those positions and because and do the job better, do the job faster, get all the results, and then the supervisor who thought they were you know doing really well becomes the employee, and now that small fish because they were able to think outside the box can grow a lot faster because sometimes they do have the team behind them or maybe the motivation there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I really like. I think the idea of you know, where your focus is is kind of what I'm saying, right? You know, the small fishes are usually well, focused actually, on kind of a getting question, better, man. where sometimes the big fishes well, only focus on being number one, but, but not necessarily understanding that you need to do really different things when we're to continue to stay like number one versus doing the same things over and over again. That's progressively. Yeah, absolutely. And and I really like that point. You know, my next point is that and things like that. Well, actually, it's kind of a question. I think I want to pose it to us as well as our listeners, but is being a matter big fish in a I mean, small pond really bigger possible fish when we're talking pond, about no like question, a global economy I mean, because global economy, I mean, that's what progressively think, where we've been moving in, wow, in the direction a, with a like remote question. workforces <laughs> and outsourcing and, and things wow. like that. It, it takes, I mean, it definitely takes in a way, we are all small fish I, I, I in a big pond no matter what. No matter what. I mean, we can become bigger fish within that big pond, no question, but in this global economy, I mean, what do you think, man? Wow, that is a great question. I think... Get a nice paycheck. Be comfortable. Wow. Don't worry. Uh, it, about it, takes, it definitely takes a little bit of thinking you, because take care of you, the government I, I think the way we've been programmed to think and believe things from school it's forward is all hey, you know what? To do, right? um, and go then to school, get a job, work for somebody, right? And, and that's usually be the small fish for the rest of your life. And, you know, get a nice paycheck, be comfortable. Don't worry about it. The company will take care of you. The pension will take care of you. The government will take care of you. Everybody will take care of you by yourself. It's kind of what everybody's been teaching us to do, right? Really, um, and then we start looking at different entrepreneurs, and a, people and visually like Bill Gates who dropped out of high school so or in college and stuff like that, fish and Steve Jobs, and Steve Jobs, and you start looking at different and success and stories and say, well, those guys didn't go to school, they didn't take the regular route that we're being told to take, right? So you start looking at these guys who 
started as small fish, really nobodies, but they had a dream and a, and a vision, and they started implementing that. So they took their small fish idea and small fish self, and they were in a huge pond. And now if you look at those companies like Apple and Microsoft, they really are the big game in the, in the world right there, especially when you're looking at computers and software and big fish iPhones and whatnot. So they've been able to, I think, make themselves so different because of the vision they were having. So uh, um, I think for Jeff, most uh, people, from Amazon being a small and, fish in a big pond out there doing uh, is probably that very comfortable. And they're going to be happy also live, being there the life and, and don't have to worry about creating an income. Well. Where you know, yeah, the big fish in a small pond is out there. It's typically, I think, the entrepreneur, someone like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, like you mentioned, and Jeff Bezos from Amazon, they're out there doing things that other people wouldn't dare to do. They also live, I think, the life that other people don't dare to live as well and, and so yeah and I think you know, it also goes back to what I was positioning saying earlier about perspective about and business pers- positioning because really our perspective can totally be wrong or we could we think we're already a big fish in a small well. pond but, but the reality of the situation could be we're like a medium sized fish in a medium sized pond and we didn't even know it and so you know perspective positioning is really about business or it's really about becoming somebody who's more endorsable and we can rank ourselves on, in a variety on endorsements of areas as well. We to. Our spirituality but is not. I mean, perspective really is one of those things because like, we can apply different perspectives to different areas of our lives. We could say our fitness level is on a scale of 1 to 10, a 7. And we could say that our looks are on a scale of 1 to 10, 8. And we could say, you know, we could rank ourselves in a variety of different areas if we wanted to. Our spirituality is not. Really, you can only compare yourself against yourself to get an accurate number. You can compare your fitness and health level to today to where you were before it's, it's not good really to have comparing to, to other people or what they've like been able to travel, right? achieve I mean when some people work travel, out a bit and then again massive muscles and some people work out a lot well and have trouble losing weight and have trouble you know taking shedding those extra pounds so open to you know you can't really compare yourself that way when it comes comes right down to it and I think it's not just us it's good to have less perspective in the sense that especially like world travel that's a really good thing when we travel I know Matt you found this and I found this big time as well it opens up our perspective and really we become more open um, no to people we become world, more so open to possibilities right and we begin America, to see you know people are living very differently in different parts of the world the and it's not just us and, and we become less right? self-occupied and i think that's a that's a really China, good thing and so that that kind of perspective is totally valuable the emphasis is really on different things no matter where you travel in the world so you're 100 right on that i think north america the emphasis really is on being the big fish i mentioned earlier i think it's always has always been, right? Be you go to places overseas, uh, go to you know, China, do what you India, do and, you. and uh, a lot of um, Latin American com- countries you know, as well. Um, the, the emphasis we is definitely on doing uh, well, but it's on also family aging, and community uh, and, and uh, getting things to be happy, was, right? And, if, you know, and you science, know, just like we, we I mentioned earlier, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's going to break your record. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to do what you do better than you. Eventually, there's going to be somebody that's better, right? And I know because we had this conversation, I believe, on our um, bridging uh, uh, podcast that we did, right? And one of the things I'd mentioned there was if, you know, through science, if we could, humble yourself if science was able to help everybody to live so long, would we really need people small uh, to continue to breed people? So really, because if we don't continually breed people, then we can't break records. We can't think of new innovations. And I think that's what the beauty of being a big fish is because if you humble yourself and allow your ego to understand that you eventually 
actually and will become the small fish again. Principles. But the nice thing is yeah, you can, you mean, can um, motivate kind of and mentor all these other drive, upcoming right? business people we still and have students and racers and trainers and artists or whatever genre you're in. You can always be the mentor to these people so you can still stay valid if that's what you want and help other people achieve their dreams and goals. Yeah, because I mean, to procreate is kind of a basic human drive, right? We don't run. We still have those fear and or flight, or even though there are fight responses to to fear stimuli in our lives, and our human response is there in spite of the fact that really there's not many impending dangers in our lives anymore. Everything is pretty safe. It's pretty convenient to the point we don't we don't run into saber tooth tigers every day. That's for sure. Even though there are some dangers in life, and there always will be, but it's relatively safe compared to where it was. But that our human response hasn't caught up or changed at all. We are still in that fight or flight response, and it's the same thing that would happen if people came to the point where, well, we don't need to procreate, but I still feel the need to procreate, right? So that's not going to change. Wow, that's you know, it's a great thing that you said because you know I had a conversation over the weekend about this, and one of my friends, she's a teacher, and I just asked her how things are going as being a teacher, and a little bit off topic on being the big fish, small fish, but just talking about procreation here, and you know, I asked her just how things are going, and she said, you know, things are good, but of course some of the students are hard to deal with sometimes because their parents are drug addicts or whatnot, and uh, you know, I don't want to give out names and stuff, but not that they're drug addicts by choice, they've just had these problems because they're, they have addictions, right, and you know, and these and these same problems are can be seen in the kids where they react to things, right, and and I asked them, you know, and they said, you know, we don't understand why um, this happens, and I, you know, I just said, you know, it's hard because you can't tell somebody to have an abortion, you know, if you're supposed to be pro-life or not, you know, pro-choice or whatever, the the question is, I'm not going to give my options on that, but I said, you know, that's what kind of happens on there, the people choose not to because, again, they choose to, I believe, have that small fish mentality, and they say, you know, the government will give me money, and I can then feed my addiction, and that was kind of what I said, I said, because why else would you have a, a, a child, give them the worst life possible, only to feed your own addiction, because you're selfish, and you may have an ego that says, I need this drug, and I can't get away from it. No, And I said, you know, and the government says, hey, we're going to give you six, eight hundred dollars a month, but do as you wish for this child, and if you choose not to put that money on the child, that's your choice as a parent, and if you choose to feed your own ego, that's your choice, and I think that can be seen in the movie, um, not put Moonlight as well, right, the parent, and I'm not sure if you saw that movie. No. Great movie. And I believe it won awards as well. So great movie there. Um, but yeah, it kind of showed the same thing. This kid was going up change. in a household where the mom was an addict. And, 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 you know, and you think, like, well, why wouldn't this mom just you know, maybe get rid of this kid and, and not put this kid through all these problems? And, and you see that you know there's there's opportunities that people can still seek. And so they have this small fish mentality. Instead of saying, hey, I just had a baby. I need to change. I need to get over this addiction. I need to do whatever it takes. And I need to something start thinking big and, and show my own child this, how this whole I can't be the big like, fish, at least teach my child on how to be the big fish. And I think that's kind of what we were talking about when we also did our uh, episode on our 10 things today, our parents taught us. Totally that was really our parents teaching us how to be the big fish, you know, in a small pond type world. I don't want to so I'm sorry. And something that's kind of related to that. But there's one right there. This whole thing of, like, it's human nature to see the impending dangers that are ahead of us. And I think even looking at the news headlines of today, you could totally draw some conclusions about maybe the political state of the United States or some of the other things that are happening in the world. I don't watch the news, so I'm sorry, I don't know a lot of examples. But there's one right there. 
kid. There's still problems. Don't worry. Hey, yeah, of course there are. And because of uh, all these I recently heard on a podcast, and, and, and it was you know, the James Altucher show, but basically they were talking about how stuff like that. We, and we do that see those happen, dangers coming, but we tend to overestimate them because we don't know the solutions that we'll have in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Like I remember when I was a kid, they basically told us, hey, the world's coming into an end because of all these pollution problems and you know the ultra recycle ultraviolet rays and stuff like that. We just didn't know all those things. Didn't happen, so it's really did it. the same but for today's problems. Sort of sometimes talk about that, that cynically, like today. it was a thing the of fear mongering. And partly, I'm sure it was a, a thing of fear mongering. But the other part is we just didn't realize the technology that we would now have, the ways to populate change. Who knows? You know how we recycle and maybe go more green. We just didn't know all those things, and so it's really the same for today's problems. Maybe we see overpopulation as a problem today. The solution that we come up with may enable us to go, hey, overpopulation, no big deal. Maybe we'll. The we'll bank. build space, um, space stations or begin to populate other planets. Who knows? Exactly. But I think that's where you're going with that. But I mean, that's another topic, another day. It is. I do want to just cover a little bit of different thinking as well. One of the things I was just telling you recently, just talking about investing, right? I'd gone to the bank because the guy had called me and said, hey, you know, I'm your new financial advisor. I want to meet you. And I said, okay, sure. You know, let's give you maybe half an hour, maybe an hour of my day. Sitting there, really you do want to know what's happening with my money at the bank, and if the bank is calling me to say, "Hey, we want to talk to you and tell you what we're doing with your money," that's probably a good step. And the bank I've chosen to go with is pretty decent about that kind of stuff. They're very forward-thinking, they're very entrepreneurial-focused as well. So, you know, not a bad phone call. So I said, "You know what? Sure, I went sat with them." And I said, "In the next five years, how much more money?" As I kept sitting there, you know, more and more stuff I listened about financials. You know, I listened to Tony Robbins' podcast, you know, the Robert Kiyosaki podcast on radio show, and the same thing, right? It's always talking about finance. And making decisions with your own money. So when I went there to talk to him, you know, he said, "Okay, you have X amount of dollars." I said, "Okay." And I said, "In the next five years, how much more money can this X amount of dollars be valued at?" You know, just based on the investments I have here. So you know, we can maybe make an extra two thousand dollars in five years. I said, "Okay." Well, help me maybe understand. Instead of letting them control my money, I want to know how I can control my own money, right? Because why shouldn't I be the big? Obviously, we all know as we just released on our previous episode, a couple episodes back, you know, the the five Banks or the corrupt banking system, right? So yeah. uh, we were talking about that. So we, re- I want to just ask them questions. And say, you know, what? Extra dollar. Why wouldn't I trust myself with my own money, right? Should I not be the big fish? Why should I be a small fish in your system, right? Why shouldn't I be the big fish in your system, right? Because why can't I be you? And I said, in in five years, if I only make two thousand dollars with you as an example, do you think I can make two thousand dollars and one extra dollar with my own ability? And he said, yeah, you probably could, but why would you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to give us your money and, and we can handle the stress and all that for you? And I said, money from there's many different that reasons, right? I said, goal. if and I were to take that, you know, the X amount of money I have and be able to create $2,000 of profit with that money, don't you think I'd maybe learn something or maybe gain some sort of knowledge and maybe be able to teach people this and maybe be able to make some sort of business from this and then be able to turn around and make more money from that if that was my ultimate goal? And he just kind of looked at me and he said, well, I guess so, but I don't understand. He said the blank funds, look on his face because he's never been challenged. Your money and I said, well, why wouldn't so I trust no my own I mean, ability, right? I'd rather go trust me. And this is a similar conversation I know we were having with your roommate as well. Finances and, 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 uh, and, uh, and I gave her the exact same example. This example recently well, yeah, because the thing that she was looking at or the opportunity she was looking at is basically investing in mutual funds, which is where most banks are going to place your money in the first place. So it's no different. I mean, I could definitely go on about this. And I have my own thoughts and opinions about 
our finances and, said, and how to manage it. Maybe I'll just give this is, this is example recently because I think I came across an investment that, that seems fairly promising in, to me. You know, at the very very minimum, it would be better than just keeping my money in a bank account. So why wouldn't I at least consider and think about it and look at it? No, minimum is about you know thousand dollars US is our starting point. So I said, that's something that I think is doable and manageable, and something that I'm very likely to invest in. You know, barring some issues or if I just see something coming up that you know I didn't see before, whether whether it's a review or somebody saying no, that's not a good investment because X Y Z. But you know, you evaluate on on a case by case basis, and if you have money to play with, which is really the philosophy of you know Tony Robbins with the three buckets, seven years or set up your your emergency savings, set up not a bad your dream fund, set up your aggressive growth fund. Well, if I'm about to take a bit of my aggressive growth fund and put it into an investment that's promising, you know, what's not promising, but they're saying it's probably going to be about 8.5% return on your thousand dollars US in the next seven years or something like that. That's not that's not a bad investment. I mean, the more money you can put in, the better that something like that would be, right, man? But it wouldn't be, you know, it still wouldn't be a bad thing to take a little bit of my money and make an 8.5% return in the next seven years. No, for sure. It's good to diversify, but I think, you know, one of the things I was learning, just keep learning more and more about it. And again, there's nothing wrong with the banking system if they don't make the more money off you right than why you make I trust on your own myself? money. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, right now, they do. And I think, you know, this is another conversation I had with one of my really good friends, Uma. And he's got his own radio show that he's starting here. So we'll talk a little bit about him and maybe even have him on a show about financing in the future. But, you know, that's the problem I have right now is why shouldn't I trust myself? We're at that age where, you know, we can, we should be making that money for ourselves, right? And I look at anybody who's trying to sell me an investment good. and I say, you know, if someone's trying but to sell me an investment, if I'm making 8%, 8% well, what are they making? What's their risk factor? What kind of risk are they so going to be taking? Because, I do all the you know, investing, all the risk, I know when the you when make I invest in mutual funds, when I asked more money, him, uh, I, what kind of fees do you guys charge me? He told me, we would take a 1.84% fee. I thought, hey, that's pretty good. Well, it's not crazy, but I found out it wasn't 1.84% of my profit, it was 1.84% of my investment. So I said, wait, I do all the investing, all the risk, and you got to challenge and you make all the well, money on my money. They actually made more money it, on my it helps you um, understand interest. how to be a big fish. Uh, you know, or, or investment that I made in my payments. So I said, well, no, sure, it looks I'm good. I'm making 5, 6, 7, 8%. Percent, right? uh, like but you're making guaranteed you know, 100%. One way or another. So, you know, but you I'm just challenge their thinking, and you got to challenge your own thinking as well, I think, on the way you look at this. And it helps you understand how to be a big fish. If you just have small thinking if you just leave it to some kind of something I'm going to be looking at is some of them are structures, right? Like that's one thing that might sway my decision one way or another. But I mean, I'm also don't talking about have your best investing at heart. independently. I'm not even looking at investing and like you you know, said, in a bank. And I think that's the difference that you, you're also so talking about. The realize, like yeah, if you just independently, great. Yeah, if you just leave it what to would some it be kind of financial advisor, some of them are pretty well meaning. I've worked with one before. Probably nothing. Or whether you're working with a bank. I mean, they don't always have your best interests at heart. They often take a lot of fees. And like you said, they're not thinking outside the box at all. So they don't even realize the potential, the possibility. 
things that are available. What would it be for us to both throw in a thousand dollars to invest in using your power forever? I mean, probably nothing. We could both do it, and we could both grow this business, and it would mean something to us. Have we chosen a more bootstrap route for now? If I'm going to do that, I'd rather just do bonds, and we can reinvest it. So whether it's five years or ten years, that's that's bigger thinking. I think you know, small thinking is just leaving in a mutual fund for I don't know forever because they're not going to tell you when to pull it out. You got to up to you now so you, you, you have to monitor so or whatnot really yeah yeah exactly no, so if i'm going to do that i'd rather just do a bond and then fix you know right whether it's five years or ten years or whatever and get my you know guaranteed percentage back then to waste time on a fund that that fluctuates so often they're not going to tell you anything about you got to be the one with your eyes on it the whole time and so that's ridiculous to me no i agree with you and that's i'm not saying i'm not trying to give anybody financial advice i don't think david is either right no i'm not we're definitely not financial planners we haven't gone to school for this but we do have uh, education behind us i have work experience there as well um you know all we're saying is if, if you don't know what to do with your money then if you, if you believe that mutual funds is a safe investment then that's where you should put your money but if you have a business idea or you believe that you should invest in yourself or your own business or your own business idea then maybe think about how you can take maybe a small percentage maybe let's say 10 percent of whatever you're investing with the bank and use that small amount of money when you David said in the sample, thousand dollars, for example, to invest in your own business and see where that investment can take you. Could that one thousand dollar investment make you, you know, fifteen hundred dollars? Right, and that's a huge return on investment because that's what a lot of business owners look at, and that's a lot of investors look at as well, right? So, uh, I mean, that's all they're really concerned about. But when you invest in yourself, you see that you do a lot better, right? I think a lot of problems that are created is because we've allowed our ourselves to think like small fish and say, you know, I'm gonna let somebody else take care of those are the you know, same everything I have so many other things to worry about my family work job cooking after work or whatever and, and, you know cleaning and, and normal, friends and, and family and all these other things I want to travel yeah. I don't want to take care of my own finances I'll let the professionals do it you know, and, and that's what a lot of us do because that's kind of what we've been taught as well right but those are the same people that are you know unfortunately having a lot of problems when they do get to the age of retirement the normal age of retirement I'll put that in quotations because you know, we're yeah. told that 65 is when we should retire, but we, in reality, we're starting to see that there are people becoming big fish out there who are retiring in their yeah, early 20s, and early 30s, and, and, and early 40s, well. and even late. Just one more way, question. I mean, they're retiring, me, and, and, and also they're beating the norms that our parents have taught us. And, and these are the things really, that we have to consider because times have changed, and we should definitely keep changing with the times. Or we're forever going to be a small fish or a small fish in a big pond. Yeah, I think those are some great points. That's how I pond, tend to think then, as you know, well. Opportunities just one more question the for me, and, and also this is all that capacity, kind of different thinking. What good is, is like really cool to be there? Is either alternative that attractive? Years, being what about a, a growth, big fish in a small pond or a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? I mean, you can be a big fish in a small pond, but then you know your opportunities are limited by the size of that pond. And if you've already reached that capacity, what's what good is that? Like it's cool to be there for a year or two. Or maybe even five fish. years. Why, but what about growth? What about moving beyond that so point? And is it right? that and much think, fun to be a I small mean, fish in a big pond for that long? You know, just wandering through life, not knowing how to improve yourself, how to grow yourself. So that's just, I mean, or, it's a different you know, way you of coming about across your big fish. It's so foreign to you that you're like, all my friends are small fish. Why, What? how did this person become so big? Right. And I think, I mean, we could definitely compare and contrast that with some of our experiences in network marketing as well because there's definitely this type of thinking there but so 
well, that's just, I mean, it's a different way of thinking about, about this question. It's not necessarily the right way of thinking about it, but I thought it was a, it was a worthy question to think about. Do you really want to be either alternative? Good question. Um, you know, I, I spent a few minutes while you were chatting and thinking of some things that I could say, right? And I really think it really depends on the person. The world. I really do believe that. I mean, everybody I believe has a different calling in life. Um, you know, some people have a calling where they believe they could be the best of the best in everything they do. I think that's something like Tim Ferriss does, right? He, he goes out and, again, he doesn't necessarily compete against the best of the best. He's not going against competing against, like, uh, the world's best uh, runners and all that in the world. He's finding niches that he knows he could be the best in, right? So certain dance competitions, he knew he could be the best, so he joined those. So he can now say he's the best of the best at dancing. So he picked the pawns that he wanted to be the biggest in, right? He didn't. He's not going against Hussein Bolt and trying to win the 100 meter. He's not going to, you know, because Hussein Bolt has been so that's a one way what he's been doing in sports. Um, and in track and field for so end, long did an that there's no on, way uh, you know, and example, even if someone well. does beat him in his world records and that's wonderful but it's not going to be someone who chose to randomly go into it it's going to be somebody who worked on their natural craft and got better at it right so that's one way of looking at it I know really in the end I know we did an episode on death for example as well and in the end we all know where we end up we end up in a pine box or a cedar box or whatever material that box is made from, say, you know, or we all get cremated, depending on uh, whatever your beliefs are and the way you want to be You want to go back to the earth, right? So um, we, we go back, and, and, and in death, you know, over really, what difference does it make? I think it really, really depends on legacy yeah, and what you're teaching your kids and, and your family and, and your life lifestyle, the kind of lifestyle you're able to live. You know, some people are, they say, you know, they're destined to be multi-millionaires and they want to be that. And I know one of the comments you had mentioned on a previous podcast, David, was that, you know, over a certain income, happiness really doesn't change find, yeah, uh, a whole lot finish. and this has been scientifically shown and I've actually read a get to the I think even in uh, David David and Goliath the book by Malcolm Gladwell he says something very similar in there as well the happiness doesn't change according to your income so if that's more and more then you know I think the best thing to do would be is find wants to be a medium fish and get to the lifestyle that you want to live and be able to do all the things you want to do and continue to do that right there's some people who are just famous, like Robert Kiyosaki said, money is a game. He's, he's not even excited general, about it. He just says it's a game. And he, I mean, I he just wants to make more and more and more and see how much he can do. But he still lives the lifestyle he's, he wants to live. And he could probably do that on the same income he made 20 years ago. But it's the people that are closest to you. Yeah, a lot of people in our family certainly said the same thing, right? They didn't want to be rich and famous, but they wanted to be rich and free. Whoever in general, I agree with that philosophy. I mean, I think we all want that recognition and appreciation from people to some extent, but in the end, what appreciation matters most, I would say it's public. the people that are yeah, closest sure. to you, know, you your family, your spouse, your children, and maybe your best friends and your business colleagues or your, your you know, whoever it is that you would consider to be, you know, the most important people in your life. Getting appreciation from them matters way more than getting appreciation from like a wider general public. Yeah, for sure. I'd rather spend the time getting successful, you know, doing this and having our own two websites websites, you, you know, and finding success, making the type of income that we enjoy to where we can to go hang out together and to bone. we don't have to necessarily be tied down, right? And that's the beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing about having a good team on your side, teaching and training your really team, want to help getting them to a place where one day the they can retire themselves well. because they were able to help you and you can bring other people in, right? The idea is not to have you retired and retired and then have the people that work for you to work to skin 
to bone and just to make you live the lifestyle you want. I think if we're going to think big, we really want to help people get to the same place we are over time as well. And that's the idea, like I was saying earlier, is get a whole bunch of people who are big thinkers and work together and work on common goals, get everybody to where they want to be, then go live life, man. Go travel and do this. And there's a lot of people who podcast while they're traveling. They just go to a place where they got Wi-Fi and do their podcast or do their blog and then they post it and they back off to do what they need to do. You know, checking out things and deep sea diving and scuba diving and fishing or sitting on the beach and doing absolutely nothing. Really, whatever they want. Yeah, and I'm planning to take that next step towards freedom in the next three months or so. And I think it's going to require quite a bit of streamlining, which fortunately I have the experience of having streamlined my life three or four times by this point. So I mean, to people that's going to mean different things. For me, it usually means just cutting out all unnecessary expenses, anything that's really non-essential is just going to go by the wayside for a while. And that might even mean like, okay, I have one year subscriptions for certain business tools. I'll utilize them for their duration, but of, it's possible that I won't renew unless I have the income to be able to reinvest in before, right? and renew in those tools for. Awesome so it's really that kind of short-term sacrifice for, work, for some long-term benefits. I think I'm, I'm coming to that, that place sooner my, my you know, rather than rather than later of reaching whatever it is that financial goal of having a certain degree of freedom that I couldn't have before. Right? I had some freedom before. I had an awesome... It really was great with freelance work, but it's it's going to be a different right. kind of freedom as I work towards against. just boosting really my my business income and working with clients and, and systematizing and then bringing on a team really to example, take on more like, clients and scale. So, I think the question is a great question. Right? Does it really matter to be a big fish or a small fish? The size of the pond does it really matter? And you know, who's doing the measuring? Right? Who's doing the measuring? Who you're measuring yourself against? I think it really does come down to mindset as well, right? And that's kind of the example you just gave. Really, is a mindset example, right? It's like, what do I want from my myself in my life right now what am I willing to give up what am I willing to do to get the things I want to be in the place I want to be I think you know one of the things I always heard in network marketing was you know what would an extra $400 do for you right and in most cases they said you know $400 a month extra could typically bring the a mother of you know a mother home from work so you know if you got two children you got them in daycare and whatnot daycare can be pretty expensive as well right so you're paying seven eight nine hundred dollars a month for that times that by two kids you know you know if the if the person didn't choose not to go to work you could bring the mother home and then eventually the father could work from home and start their own business or vice versa maybe the woman really enjoys working so the guy can come home and he can work on his own business take care of the kids and the lady could be out working because maybe she makes a little bit better income no problems there and you know the guy gets the business his business his online business to a place where they can both now retire and they can both come home and stay home with the kids there's so many different possibilities, but I do believe it is all mindset on how you want to get there. And sometimes that makes more sense. Money as the only objective, then I think you're always going to be a small fish in a small pond, regardless of the size, if it's your own pond or not. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a really great point. And even my upline platinums did that very thing, right? I think we live in a forward-looking culture now where that just sometimes that makes more sense. Maybe the woman is bringing more home than the man is. And in this case, that was, that was sort of what happened. So the husband, you know, retired their first, and then the, then his wife you know, came home eventually within the next you know, probably six months to a year. So I mean, their short-term sacrifice really paid off, and it didn't few hours that long for, for them to be able to do that. You know, now, are they quote unquote retired and free? No, they're just free to build their business because they still need to keep 
like building that business had to work three, four if they want to get their income to uh, a point you know, where it's anywhere from four, you know self sustaining. But is, you know, if, if most of us still if we had were presented with the opportunity of working a few hours a day instead of taking up half of our day or half of our productive time to spend that work, of course we would take it, right? Like if you had to work three, four hours a night, you know, anywhere from four, five, six nights a week, maybe in some cases seven nights a week, it's still a better deal than going to a nine to five job in most cases and you have your days free to do whatever you want so exactly and that's the idea right they say that nine to five builds your life sorry builds just sustains your life but five to nine builds your life right and that's kind of what those concepts you want to do you want to work harder for yourself so take a little bit of time it's just half the amount of time you invest in your work and invest it back into yourself and building on yourself and learning to be a medium fish i think is probably the best and i think if you take some of the other talks that we've done, especially when we talked about being a specialist, a journalist, or a hybrid type worker, mm-hmm. you take those concepts and some of the other concepts we've talked about yeah, on other episodes and start implementing the, the same ideas into the, yourself, the, the thinking of being a big fish or a small fish. And you so, slowly start to understand kind of what me and David are doing here. We're really no, showing it. people that awesome. you have the power, right, so we again, can using up. your power, to do what you want out there to create the life that you really see for podcast. Yeah, I think whatever goal you want to work towards, as long as it's not violating anybody them, and including you're yourself then it's a worthy goal and then it's worth working towards to right on do you have any more points david because i know audio. i got through all mine no that's it awesome to all right so we can wrap up definitely go to using your power which you can that's where you can find our website with all the podcast episodes and also click on you to leave a comment and let us you think about each of them and while you're there leave a comment because don't forget to click on 10 simple ways to unleash your personal power to get your free audio and have a listen to that to improve your life and begin improving your life in small ways which can all add up to improving your life in a much much bigger way you can also click on the facebook messenger icon to leave an instant message via facebook or go to youtube because our content's there and you might even be listening to this on youtube right now so leave a comment below and just let us know what you think about this episode right on listening and you know i think the idea of the 10 simple ways to unleash your personal power really goes strongly in hand in hand and how to you know go from a small fish to a big fish so definitely take a look at that uh, it will definitely add a lot more value to this uh, talk absolutely i love that well it's been great chatting with you mav and i hope you, all of you listening enjoyed this episode awesome have yourself a wonderful day mm-hmm.